All right, welcome aboard, everybody. This is VU51. No, 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 wait, 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 wait. No, not Area 51. No, 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 no. It's VU51. It's VU51. It's the Voice of One podcast, episode 51. <laughs> no aliens. There are no aliens. Oh, man. Well, although I have to admit, I told you guys, I told you guys weeks ago, the only thing that hasn't happened yet is the big UFO reveal. The big UFO. Now, they've creeped up to it. They've tried. They've bounced all around it. But they, they haven't quite gotten us there yet to the big UFO reveal. But fear not, ladies and gentlemen, there is still time in 2020. <laughs> oh, and also remember this. Donald J. Trump... He knows all about them. He knows about the aliens. He knows about he knows about the UFOs. He said so himself. He said so. And not only that, the, that Israeli guy, that Israeli uh, missile guy, whoever the 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 whoever the intelligence guy, whoever he was, right? Several views back. Remember, I told you that guy. He he says about the Galactic Federation. They've been here. They have these this deal worked out, and how the American president knows all about it. Trump knows all about it, and, he, and how Trump was going to reveal the whole thing. He was going to spill the whole beans, except the Galactic Federation stepped in and, and persuaded him not to. But I, I did get to thinking about it. I mean, that, that, I mean, that's an election strategy nobody's talked about yet. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, the deal, the deal maker, right? He, he, <laughs> he, Trump calls in a chip from the Galactic Federation, and uh, you know, I mean, come on now. If they if they <laughs> if they've got the technology to to come all across space, right, and hyper jump and do all this, I mean, come on, a few votes here or there, yeah, no problem, no problem. Oh man, okay. Uh, <laughs> where are we? All right, so it's uh, oh, it's Vu, it's Vu fifty one for Monday. <laughs> December 21, year of our Lord, 2020. It's re-election day, plus 48. And here we are, December 21, only 10, count them, 10, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, only 10 days left in 2020. Praise God. And only 16 days left until the Electoral College presents their votes to a joint session of Congress on January 6th. So we're, uh, we're counting the days now, guys. We're counting the days. Now, speaking of galactic, uh, the so-called Christmas star. Yeah, it's, in, a, it's in, in the sky near you. It's in the sky near you. This conjunction, they're calling it, between, between Jupiter and Saturn. Yeah, I saw it last night. I saw it last night in uh, Southwest Horizon here in the uh, Indianapolis area. A thing came up, just looked like a really big, bright star. If you had a, I had a friend that had a photo of it, and he zoomed in on the photo, you could definitely see the separation between the two. Um, now, obviously, they're, you know, millions and millions and millions of miles apart, but in, to, the, to the naked eye, they seem to be, like, uh, conjoined virtually. Um, so it just looked like a big, giant, bright star. And it's supposed to be even brighter tonight, but we have overcast here, at least at the moment, uh, here in Indianapolis. So uh, I don't think we can see it tonight. But uh, perhaps you can see it uh, where you are, the so-called Christmas star. It hasn't looked quite this way 
according to my stargazing friend Tom, it hasn't looked quite this way in 800 years. So, uh, yeah, quite the thing. Check it out in the southwest sky. Okay, folks, uh, your host here, Woody Cumbie, bringing you the adjudicated blend of coffee, current events, faith, and FSU sports. And today we're going to do the woke medicine episode. Woke medicine episode, but first, uh, some election news to start Christmas week. And I'm going to start with the Georgia crock, the Georgia crock. What a crock. That whole situation there in Georgia and the so-called Republicans that are in Georgia, those are the very kind, those, those people, those Georgia Republicans, those are the very kinds of Republicans that Trump voters voted against when they chose Trump over the 16 establishment GOP people that were on that stage with him four years ago. It's those kind of people. That's Brian Kemp, or Brian, is it Brian? Or whatever that guy's name is, Kemp. Purdue, Leffler, the Secretary of State who's on CNN, probably going to become a Democrat as soon as this is over. I mean, just just the, the legislature down there, the so-called Republican legislature. Oh, God. I mean, the president's attorney, Jenna Ellis, she tweets out early this morning that she was so tired of spineless Republicans. Man, her eyes are, are, are opening up to... Uh, to establishment republicanism. Let us lose with honor and get back to uh, going to our country club and doing our thing. What a crock in Georgia. So anyway, they're hoping that they can somehow, they got these, these two folks in the runoff, right? They've got Leffler and Purdue. They're in this runoff with uh, these two radical uh, uh, Democrats for Senate. This is for Senate. And everybody's saying, oh, we've got to go down there and vote. We got to vote. We got to get in Purdue and we got to get in Leffler. Right, and so they can stand up and have a majority in the in the Senate. And and by the way, we got to get them there in order to to contest these electoral votes that are coming in on January sixth. Well, here's the problem: their runoff is on January fifth, January fifth. And look, the only way that a winner is going to be announced by morning in Georgia is if the Democrats have won big. That's the only way a winner will be announced. If, you, if there's any chance that Purdue or Leffler have won, that, 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 that count will drag out for days. It'll be contested for days. There's not a chance in the world that they're going to be somehow declared the winner by the next morning and get a plane to, to uh, Washington, D.C. and be part of this contest, uh, contested electoral vote thing. This, if, you, if, if, you, if you have your hat hung on that hope, that we somehow need the Georgia delegation for that aspect of this thing to win. You're, you're, it's a loser. It's a loser. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Just stop it. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And by the way, who knows that they're fighting? Well, uh, Purdue, I guess, now has come out and said, oh, yeah, I'll fight. I'll, 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 I'll help contest the electors. But when Leffler was asked about it, what did she say? She was asked by a local reporter, Hey, you know, if you go up there, are you gonna, are you gonna uh, 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 somehow object or somehow um, join this fight uh, against uh, the electors from states that clearly had fraud? And you know what she said back? She said, "I haven't had time to think about it." Now think about that. I haven't had time to think about it. Unbelievable. 
And these are the people that, that supposedly folks want us to fight. Go down there and fight. Go down there and vote. Let's get them in. Oh, man. With friends like those. Now, meanwhile, in an absolute contrast of all contrasts, the folks in Arizona. Man, those folks in Arizona now, they know how to take the fight to them. I'm telling you, the contrast could not be greater. I mean, in Arizona, everybody from congressional office holders to the grassroots people, I mean, they're fighting back on every level against the fraud that they know happened in that Arizona election. Congress, Congressman Andy Biggs, I mean, he's out there. I mean, he's, he's in the fight. Congressman Paul Kosar, Kosar he's in the fight. I heard uh, Gozar today on uh, uh, Steve Bannon War Room, and he, he brought in his own set of experts. He brought in, he, he, he has all this other statistical analysis that he's seen from all these other people. But, but he wanted to have his own analysis that he personally was confident in. And so the group that he's working with fighting that thing out in Arizona, they brought in their own group. And you know who they brought in? They brought in they brought in a group that does fraud detection for credit cards. They do fraud detection for credit cards. In other words, they know how to crunch numbers and see trends and see anomalies and spot fraud, right, with credit cards. So what they did, that group, they, they fed in the, the votes in Arizona and right away, right, flashing light, horn sounding, fraud alert, right, because it makes no sense. The, vote, the votes make no sense. They're, they're just fraudulent. So anyway, they're fighting back in Arizona in a big way and very, very proud of the, uh, uh, the folks out there in uh, Arizona. True patriots fighting back, fighting back. Now, meanwhile, you probably saw this. I mentioned it the other day that the uh, Trump campaign, they have finally uh, filed their own massive lawsuit uh, in the Supreme Court against uh, this election fraud. And I know you've read in the papers about or seen or heard, you know, oh, they've lost everywhere and 80-something judges have dismissed their cases. Folks, those are not all Trump campaign uh, uh, suits. The great majority of them have nothing to do with the Trump campaign per se. These are just individuals, uh, small groups, uh, whoever it happens to be, that have every right to sue, and they should be suing. Um, but uh, there are only a few big Trump campaign, and this is the very first one that's going to the Supreme Court, and it's massive, massive. And our prayer is the Supreme Court will actually hear it, will actually hear it. But, of course, now we found out that uh, at least two uh, of those have, uh, before the election, uh, I mean, the tape has been released. It's, it's, not, it's not just a speculation. The tape of their actual conversation has been released, these two Supreme Court justices talking about how they, there's, there's no way that they can allow Trump to get in. I mean, I think those people have to recuse themselves. I think they have to recuse themselves. Anyway, um, folks, there's reason to sleep well, though, tonight. Uh, reason to sleep well if you're on, uh, if you're on the Trump to be inaugurated on January 2020 high noon. If you're on that train, and that's the train I'm on, um, there's, there's, there's reason just to sleep well. Just go to a sleeper car on that train and sleep well. And here's why. 
because the my pillow guy, yeah, the my pillow guy, he says Trump is going to win. <laughs> yeah, this is according to the Epic Times. Uh, a couple days ago on the 15th, uh, no, I take that back. This is on Newsmax. Newsmax. I'll get, I'll get to that uh, other story in a second. On Newsmax, uh, on the 17th, uh, here's the headline, Mike Lindell to, uh, you know, he's the MyPillow guy, right? MyPillow. All right, so Mike Lindell to Newsmax TV, President Trump will prevail. And has a, it, you can go there and see the actual uh, audio and, and video of the, of the interview he did. But it says, uh, here's, here's the story by Charlie McCarthy on, uh, on the 17th. It says, uh, President Donald J. Trump ultimately will win the election and serve a second term, according to MyPillow founder, CEO Mike Lindell on Newsmax TV. It says that he has, he has uh, financed uh, rallies around the country to heighten people's awareness of the, quote, complete fraud, end quote, of an election. And here's what Lindell said. He said, I wanted people to be aware that this election was stolen and Donald Trump's going to be our president for the next four years. And there's about six pathways to do it, but one of these things is it's right. This is Lindell speaking. He says, I spoke to Sidney Powell. I've talked to Lynn Wood. I've talked to General Flynn. I know that the evidence is out there. I've done my own due diligence. And so he's, uh, he's confident as well that, that Fox News was in on it. He said it sure looked like that when they called Arizona with only 14% of the vote in. And they don't call Florida for, for the president when it's impossible for Biden to win. So all the things that happen on election night, I'm going, what is going on? And that's what Lindell had to say. And so he's confident the president is going to win. Put your head on a my pillow and sleep well. Now, one last thing about the election. Uh, we are now up to seven states. I didn't realize how many there were. There were seven states that had alternate electors that they're sending to Washington on January 6th, alternate electors. Now, this was the story from Epoch Times back on the 15th that says electors in seven states cast dueling votes for Trump. And so by Ivan Penchikov on December 15th says Republican electors in Pennsylvania, Georgia, Michigan, Wisconsin, Arizona, Nevada, and New Mexico cast their alternative slate of votes for President Donald Trump on December 14th as the certified Democrat electors in the same states cast their votes for former Vice President Joe Biden. All right, so there'll be these dueling sets of electors that get to Congress on the 6th. And this is what many people think is going to be the showdown in Congress uh, over which slate of those electors to choose. And those congressional uh, delegations can make whatever choice they choose. Uh, and it should be very, very interesting on January 6th. All right, folks. Hey, uh, we're, we're going to de dedicate uh, the last few minutes of this to uh, woke medicine. Woke medicine has come to a, a hospital, a clinic, uh, to a, a state health department near you. And we'll talk about that when we come back. Hang on, everybody. We'll be right back. 
All right, welcome back, everybody, to the woke medicine segment. Yep, the uh, coronavirus vaccine that we've heard so much about, it's gone woke. Well, the vaccine hasn't gone woke. The uh, people who are distributing the vaccine uh, have gone woke in their distribution concepts. Uh, I bring you this article from the New York Times, the, the newspaper of record, as they say. Now, I bring you the story about that story from uh, Breitbart, and uh, the, the headline is, New York Times normalizes racist eugenics supported by woke doctors. And here's the story by John Nolte on, uh, on the 18th of December. It says, uh, when it comes to deciding who will receive the coronavirus vaccine, the far left New York Times is normalizing the idea that skin color is more important than need, risk, and vulnerability. Yet, the Times is perfectly comfortable arguing that it's okay for, to sacrifice your grandparents on the altar of social justice. All right, and, say, and he goes on to say, Feel free to accuse me of hyperbole, but the truth is the truth, and the truth is that not since Nazi Germany have we seen something like what the New York Times is guilty of which is an establishment news organization openly normalizing the idea of choosing who lives and who dies, not on need, but on race and skin color. The, uh, the title of the article that the New York Times published is called The Elderly Versus Essential Workers. Who should get the coronavirus vaccine first? End quote. That's the headline. And so uh, the story goes, here's, here's two or three things from that New York Times story, all right? Uh, Harold Schmidt, this is from the New York Times story. Harold Schmidt, an expert in ethics and health policy at the University of Pennsylvania, said that it is reasonable to put essential workers ahead of older adults, given the risks, and that they are disproportionately minorities. Older populations are whiter, Dr. Schmidt said. Society is structured in a way that enables them to live longer. Instead of giving them additional health benefits uh, to those who already have more of them, we can start to level the playing field a bit, end quote. Okay, so this, uh, the coronavirus vaccine and its distribution, it's not just about protecting us from coronavirus. It's about, quote, leveling the playing field a little bit, all right? All right, here's the next one from the article. Uh, Mark Lipsitch, an infectious disease epidemiologist at Harvard's T.H. Chan School of Public Health, argued that, now wait for it, teachers should not be included as essential workers. If a central goal of the committee is to reduce health inequities. All right, now just let's just stop right there. Now just... Just digest that. If a central goal of the committee, that is the committee who decides who gets the the vaccine, if a central goal is to, quote, reduce health inequities. Hmm. I didn't think that was the central goal. I thought the central goal was to give the vaccine to the people who are most vulnerable in a completely colorblind, class-blind status blind way 
anyway, I, 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 I just, I, I, I guess I don't get it. All right, so here's what he said. He said, teachers should not be included in, as essential workers. If a central goal of the committee is to reduce health inequities, teachers have middle-class salaries, are often white, and they have college degrees, he said. Of course, they should be treated better, but they are not among the most mistreated of workers, end quote. Oh, 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 I get it. So the idea is you find in this distribution of the coronavirus vaccine, you find people that you think have, uh, well, they, they don't have a middle class salary. They're not predominantly white. Uh, they don't have uh, uh, any, that matter of fact, they've been mistreated. Whoever these people are, they've been mistreated a little bit more uh, than others. And that's where you should start because uh, even if that's a completely healthy uh, somebody who's on a street corner uh, in an urban area, uh, that's, it's, just, it's, just, it's just about riding the playing field. It's about settling inequities. Unbelievable. You know what this is, right? This is called critical race theory. Critical race theory. Taken outside of the classroom taken outside of the, direct, of the uh, uh, diversity training class and put into practice in healthcare. Critical race theory. This is the stuff that Donald Trump banned from being used in the federal government. But academia is replete with it, replete with it. That's why you got this Harvard guy and you got all these other... And by the way, who's doing the models? Who's doing the models of how to distribute... Uh, these vaccines. I'll tell you the kind of person that's doing it. Uh, his name, I'm going to read his profile directly off of his profile on Twitter. His name, uh, he, he says, uh, Joe Walker. And, uh, you know, on Twitter, you can, you can have your name, you can have, you know, what, whatever uh, as, your, as your name, so to speak. And he's got Joe Walker, festively defund the police. All right, and here's, here's what he's got as his profile. CDC, Infectious Disease Epidemiology and Modeling. Okay, so he works for the CDC. He's an epidemiologist. He's uh, a person who models what uh, epidemiology is. He goes on to say he's Global Health, Transmission Dynamics and Control, uh, University of Georgia and somebody else, Drake Lab alumni, non-binary, trans, they, them, views are my own. Where does he live? He has his, his, his uh, location, occupied Muskogee land. So that's who's doing your modeling for you at the CDC. A completely, completely leftist, woke uh, individual is, is uh, making, helping make these decisions. So, ladies and gentlemen, it's really real, right? When I, when I have done uh, some workshops and things like that at my church, and I've talked about critical race theory, and I've tried to help our folks understand what it's about, it, it's, it's, here, here's, here's where I hope folks begin to understand. It's, it's going to come out of the classroom. It's going to come out of the diversity training 
uh, workshop, and it's going to make its way into actual practice, and it will affect our daily lives, this crazy thing called critical race theory. And you're seeing it actually come into play right now with, of all things, the coronavirus vaccine. And I'll just be as, as honest as I can be. It's been hard from the very beginning not to see the whole coronavirus and especially the, the, not the, as much the virus itself as the response to the virus as being just thoroughly political and not medical. And every one of these kinds of decisions, I tell you, it just doesn't do anything but triple highlight in my own bonded spirit that there's, there, there's as much politics happening here as there is anything to do with medicine or ap- epidemiology or anything that has to do with sound health policy. I'm sorry. It's just, it's just they're, they're, they force me into no other conclusion. I tell you, man, you, there, there's some concern. There's some concern. It'll be interesting to see as we go forward. Are there any doctors out there? Right? Are there any doctors out there who are actually willing to stand up and say, wait a second, you know, we're not going to fall into this. We're not going to leave the Hippocratic Oath and fall into this woke mindset of how to do medicine. Anyway, we'll see. All right, folks. Uh, hey, uh, <laughs> so on that rant, hey, I'll see you back on Wednesday, on Wednesday, and then there will not be a VU on Friday. That's Christmas Day. So we'll just be celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ. And then at that point, I'll see you then on on, uh, the next Monday. But for now, I'll see you on Wednesday. God bless you guys, and Merry Christmas week to you.